What's this? What's this? There's retro everywhere. What's this? Rewinding podcast to I dare. What's this? Episode of the Retro Rewind Podcast. Reflux capacitors, fluxing, crew to stations. Scanning for the nightmare before Christmas, 1993. Prepare to rewind in three, two, one. Welcome, rewinders and new listeners to the Retro Rewind Podcast, where we take a fresh look at movies and games from 15 or more years ago. I'm your captain of the pod, Francisco Ruiz, and I believe that Nightmare Before Christmas is a Halloween movie, and I'm joined by your exo and mine, Paul, the master interrupter powers. Christmas or Halloween, Paul? Um, It's like the de- more on the Halloween side. Definitely. All right. Also for this discussion right. of the film, The Nightmare Before Christmas, we welcome aboard for the first time Dungeon Master at Playing Games with Strangers, John. How are you? Hey, John. Hey, that's me. That sounded very natural and like we haven't had to do it multiple times. Exactly. I'm so glad you can, you know, the, te- the, uh, the intonation in my voice so precisely that you can just register that so well. But oh, I more, always recognize what you're trying to say. I am more this. interested in Halloween or Christmas for this movie. Halloween? No, I need one or the other. Christmas ween? I'll go with Christmas. Okay. And in addition, uh, we yeah, are this glad. Is, this is a Christmas movie. Yeah. Oh, Christmas. Okay. All right. All right. And in addition, we are glad to have back aboard clergy officer of the pod, Dallas Marshall Pandemora. Hey, Hello. Dallas. Hello. Oh, Dallas. So glad to have you guys here on the bottom shelf. Super you, excited to have you guys are on the show. our podcast. That was not on the bottom Wait a minute. shelf. If this, is, if this is being broadcast on the bottom shelf, who are we to say that it isn't? Dallas, are we going to simulcast this? Um, yeah. Are you simulcasting it? Well, I mean, welcome I can make listeners. Things We're glad you're here. <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome to simulcast it, but if you're not, then it's not the bottom shelf. <laughs> <laughs> but check them For, out if you dare. <laughs> yes, definitely do that and playing games with strangers. But Dallas, I'm more interested right now. Number four Christmas is a Halloween or a Christmas movie. What's it? Both. Because you have to pick one. Why? Because I say so. Um, Are you the captain in yeah, the Dungeons the and Dragons world. This is called railroading, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm with John. Your Honor, leading the witness. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm a fan of calling it both, but we'll go Christmas. Just all right. Two Christmases, Christmas, two Halloweens. Very nice. I changed my answer to neither. I really enjoy watching this right after Halloween. It's a good transition. It's a Thanksgiving movie. Now that you have a not-so-quick flyby of who we are, Paul, can you give us a quick overview of the production specs for The Nightmare Before Christmas? Sure. The Nightmare Before Christmas, Oogie Boogie's Revenge, was released in 2004 on the PlayStation 2 Japan and in 2005 on the Xbox in Europe. It is rated KA and developed by Toes Software. Um, it was published by Capcom and the music composed by Kengo Hagiara and Masaya Tsumoto. Uh, the reception of the game was mostly mixed, but the average score of it was around 65%. That, that's fantastic. Why don't you give me yes. the, the, the numbers like units sold and all that, Paul, and like whether or not it did well at the, the, uh, merchandise store the the department store um this cannot be substantiated since precise records were not kept after tannin shot a newspaper editor who printed an unfavorable story about him in 1884 i think you got your 
I think you're mixed up, Paul. It's what do you unsubstantiated because we're not talking about the game. We're talking about the movie. Well, that could have that would have been great if you brought that to my attention yesterday. <laughs> I played this game for no reason. I have to go back, fine, and rewatch the movie, right? Yes. Do All that right, now. Hold on. All right. The Nightmare Before Christmas, the movie was released to wait, wait, uh, wait. No, not the movie. Like my right. Morphin Power Rangers, the movie. It's no, just no, no, the Nightmare Before Christmas. Okay, oh, was okay. released October 29th, okay. nineteen ninety three. That one. Yes, that one. Thank you. Okay. Please proceed. It runs an hour and sixteen minutes. It's rated PG and it was directed by not Tim Burton but Henry Selleck. Mm-hmm. It was written by Tim Burton though. And uh, Michael McDowell and uh, Caroline Thompson, with lead stars being Danny Elfman, Chris Sarandon, and Catherine O'Hara. The music was composed by um, some guy that Timmy Burton likes to use. Um, Danny Elfman? Yeah, him. Yeah. All right. You guys ready for the box office trivia game? I am ready. Dallas, John, are you guys ready? Let's go. Fantastic. And anyone uh, in uh, live here in chat is welcome to join us as well. Go, Go for it, Paul. Well, before we do that, it was released October 29th. So doesn't that make this a Halloween movie? I'd say so. Anyway. Only, only if you want to say that White Christmas is a summertime recorded by Ben Crosby in the month of June. Well, most Fine. Christmas movies are filmed and recorded in the summertime anyway, but to be released in an, anyway. All right. Box office trivia time. The Nightmare Before Christmas was made for about $24 million and earned over $77 million at the box office. Fantastic. Yes. Given this fact, how high in the box office do you think it ranks among, sorry, it ranks among the movie, amongst the movies released theatrically in 1993. This time we'll go for the top 50. 50. All right. John, what is your guess for where it ranks in the top 50 for 1993 movies? Well, I don't remember it because I was alive at the time, and I uh-huh. don't remember it uh, being like a it, – it became a cult hit after the fact. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say 45. 45. All right. So kind of low. Douse, <clears throat> how about yourself? Um, 93. I was, I was pretty young. Um, I don't remember a lot of big things coming out there that stick out, so I'm going to say – I'm going to no. shoot for somewhere in the 20, like 25. No 25? big things like Jurassic Park dinosaurs. Or <laughs> <laughs> Again, my memory's like, no, I, I, I was, I was in you know, a lot of transition time frames during that time frame. So. Yeah, no, yeah, I, yeah. If I didn't have the list right in front of me, I wouldn't have known Jurassic Park came out that year either. So don't worry. Okay. You, you know what else came it. out that year? Super Mario Brothers, the movie. Check it out on uh, the bottom shelf in the month of November. <laughs> yeah, do that. Except you're on Retro Rewind Podcast now. Check out all of you <laughs> of Super Mario Brothers, the movie, which is out right now at RetroRewindPodcast.com slash six. But don't go away now. Listen to this. <laughs> uh, uh, so my guess, I, I'm going to say, uh, let's see. <laughs> I'm going to say the year Christ died. Because that's 33? <laughs> 33. What? Is that your is that your version of saying one dollar on this show? No, that'd be one. That'd be number one. One or would be one dollar. <laughs> or, or fifty. It just struck uh, me as very, let's see. And then Harry Price is right. Okay, sure, we can go that way. Uh, and then in chat, Baba's guess is forty-two, as he's wont to do. 
And D Tungsten guessed 27. Uh, and Dallas put in the Mario Brothers movie link. Thank you, Dallas. Paul, where did it end up in the actual box office? Well, according to the numbers.com, it came in at 21. 21. Oh, okay. Dallas just missed it going over. Sorry, Dallas. You don't win the prize. Uh, no one wins the prize except for. Well, no one does because we <laughs> lost you. Come on down. But thank you for those. But no, I mean, Dallas wins because he is the closest. Thank you for those factoids, Paul. And let's see if any of them factor into our memory mind meld or subsequent roundtable discussion, which we will get into once Alice is located, our target film. Alert! Alert! Approaching target. Spoilers are coming. Establishing analysis vector. From Touchstone Pictures. Twas the night before Christmas, but in the land of Halloween, it was decided that this year something new would be seen. Surprised, aren't you? From Tim Burton, the director of Beetlejuice and That Scissorhands, comes a motion picture experience unlike any other. Tim Burton's The Nightmare Before Christmas. And what did Santa bring you, honey? Rated PG. Coming this month to a theater near you. Yes, and what did our memories bring to mind for The Nightmare Before Christmas? Was it a zombie head? Was it something else? Let's find out in our memory mind mode synopsis for The Nightmare Before Christmas. It's Halloween, and the town's elaborate song and dance routine scares up quite the fanfare, ending with a dramatic entrance of Jack, the Pumpkin King, who likes a girl but can't be with her because of Oogie Boogie Sack Guy owns her, thus making me realize that I would rather watch a movie about Oogie Boogie. Prince Hupperdink grows immune to his Halloween drug, so he searches for a new obsession through a forest, uh, which, for plot reasons, has the ability to transport to all the holidays and goes to Christmas. After taking Santa's sack, Jack turns Halloween land into Christmas 2 with his amazing sleigh ride a sequence which somehow kills Oogie Boogie, and Jack gets the corpse bride. Jack finally realizes that stealing Christmas like the Grinch doesn't spark joy. Well, isn't that a bunch of... Deception. I mean, there were some things in there that were accurate, but most of, on the whole, I'd say that was deceptive. But based on those memories, as flawed as they were, what rating did they lead you to predict uh, for this film before rewatching it? Classic, nostalgic, or tragic? John, what was your prediction? Not your final rating, but your prediction for this film. That I was going to feel after I watched it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Tragic. Tragic. Coming out strong. <clears throat> uh, Dallas, how about you? Oh, classic. Classic. Coming out also strong coming on the other out. side. Yeah. Uh, Paul, how about yourself? I'm going to come out with a strong nostalgic. <laughs> strong. <laughs> Fine. Okay, Switzerland. For me, <laughs> for me, I was kind of likewise, like nostalgic. It had been forever since I saw it. But I was like, oh, it may, it may hold up. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe I'll like it now because I've of um, more in recent years in my adulthood, I've liked uh, other stop motion. I didn't used to like stop motion as a kid, but these days, like with Kuba and the Two Strings, the, several of the like movies, I yeah. like. I think stop motion is like, oh, I, I may appreciate this now. But uh, it'll be interesting to see if those predictions come true. But first, let's get into our discussion of the things we liked most about the Nightmare Before Christmas. Let's go, Bauer. 
Best three. Best three. And by the way, you will notice I'm struggling with a cold through this, but uh, thank I you did for it, listening. But thanks for bringing it out. Anyway. I think I'll notice it now that you said it. Uh, thanks. Does that mean you're going to give me a computer wow. virus? Yeah, that's how computer viruses work, don't you know? Anyway, let's start with John. What's one thing you liked about this film? I liked. Yes, that's uh, yes that that's it right there. It was, uh, I that I enjoyed about this movie, and I cannot lie about it. Um, especially when a itty bitty thing with a great big waist comes around and puts it in my face i did see an anaconda in this movie oh <laughs> my anna the anon unless she's got buns son all right makes sense this isn't sir mix a lot can we get to nightmare <laughs> before christmas please who, who he actually was from seattle which is in the state where i live um, fantastic is that where this was filmed uh what now um okay so no i liked the concept the idea behind the movie mm -hmm. um i liked the idea of uh a i'm sorry i just got distracted by someone saying how you got back that's <laughs> that's new to me uh, <laughs> uh no it yeah i i just i liked it mm -hmm. yeah did you have you read the original poem by any chance or just no, the original poem? Or, yeah, that Tim Burton wrote apparently during his time as a Disney animator, which I didn't realize he was a Disney animator. So, oh, yeah, he worked on uh, another uh, holiday classic of Mickey's Christmas Carol. Oh, cool. Okay. Um, okay. But regardless of whether or not you read the poem, you did enjoy the concept of this film, John. Is did I understand that right? Right. Okay, cool. Uh, Dallas, did you enjoy the concept of this film, or was there something else that you really uh, um, took I a liking to? I did enjoy the concept of the film, but um, I, and I have actually read the poem. Um, my my first like though is actually I enjoyed the the small details that they put into the different scenes of the film. Yes, uh, from things like hmm. uh, clothing moving, like yeah, it seems so simple for like okay, we're just, you know characters moving, but they animated clothes moving against stuff like when jack was leaning into the doorway his uh bow tie actually hit the tree and, and moved with it and bent mm -hmm. with it. sally's hair randomly moving reflections uh in different places like sally's so hair is moving it really got me and some fire effects even i'm like whoa <laughs> but yeah. just small details within because remembering that this is a stop motion animation like this is right like they had to think about hey was have this moment here they made that happen mm -hmm. it's not like it's something that just naturally takes place um they had to mm -hmm. think through making it happen so yeah um just small things like that like it just it catches me off guard seeing how beautiful it is like the mm -hmm. scene where he's uh explaining christmas and um they move the spotlight and it's and i'm wondering if they did that just to show off because dark films work for these type of things because you can hide characters in the background but when they move the spotlight jack's still doing his thing but everyone's responding to the light at the same time mm -hmm. and so it was just really mm -hmm. fascinating to me yeah this is when he's doing his presentation of what christmas is you're talking about mm -hmm. yeah yeah totally yeah that was also my uh first like was the uh the production design or basically the the artistry from a technical perspective mm -hmm. just like what dallas was saying like even like sally walking through the snow she's leaving footprints and then yes 
and then uh, with Jack following her, he has his own set of footprints. And how they do that in stop motion without messing that up, and even the snow looks like real snow. It's yeah, just amazing. Yeah. <laughs> usually, and usually when you get like on a smaller scale, it's harder to make details like snow look real, right? Because mm-hmm. it just looks like big dust particles without or something. it melting under the lights and everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's that's really impressive. It's super smooth. Sure. Um. Something that I really gravitated to liking uh, was the performance that um, Chris Sanderson gave. Uh, Sanderson, did I get that right? No, it's, yes. No, Sarandon. Chris Sarandon. Yeah. yeah. That's what, <clears throat> you're asking the guy who always gets name pronunciations wrong. Because <laughs> <laughs> well, I had to remember Susan Sarandon. Yes. They were married. Chris Sarandon. Yes, um, Prince Humperdinck. Yes, Prince Humperdinck. I really liked his voice for Jack. I thought he did a really good job with it. I felt like he had awesome range and that he really brought that character to life, especially for a character that doesn't have eyes. And I know Disney battled with Tim Burton and company about having given Jack eyes or not. But mm. I thought he's really able to bring a lot of life and, and um not really reality, but grounding to that character in his voice. Mm-hmm. Well, when you say so. range, he only did the speaking voice. I, yes, the... I realize that. I know he oh, didn't okay. sing, but I mean, just in the speaking performance. Yeah. Okay, he's a, sure. He's legitimately a talented actor. And mm-hmm. like he, like voice acting, just because I've had opportunity to meet so many over the years, um, half of them hang out with John on a regular basis. <laughs> like your ability to uh, present a voice, it makes characters come alive. Yeah. And he would, did a great job at doing that. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Especially for bringing to life a dead guy. It's crazy. How'd you do that? Ha ha. I see what you <sighs> did there. Uh, uh, uh. Uh, let's go <laughs> back to Paul, actually. What's something else you enjoy, Paul? Uh, basically, what John started off with is I love the concept, especially the ideas of like holidays having their own land mm, and mm-hmm. exploring that. That whole idea yeah. is just great to me. There's a lot of potential there. With with, if they were to go do a spinoff, what holiday would you like? Not All saying of they them. every to- episode has a new holiday. I mean, <laughs> it, it, there's trees in there. I'm sure Arbor Day is in there. Let's do them all. Oh my gosh. Uh, would you want to see like Jack in each situation or no. their own self-contained story? Their own self-contained story. Okay, but okay. if Jack wants to, it's better than nothing. All right, all right, cool. Just curious. Uh, Although the John- Easter Bunny looked kind of boring, but I'd like to see what they, what still <laughs> right. I'd like to see what goes on. There. Well, did you ever see Rise of the Guardians, Paul? I feel like that oh, has yeah. a similar idea of all the yeah. headlining. Yeah, guys I think they, they they did a good job in that. It's been years since I've seen it, though. Okay. I don't. I've never yeah. seen it, so I'll, I'm just going off what you have to say about it. <laughs> oh, it's great! You should check it out. <laughs> I'll <Maybe>. do that. <laughs> uh, J- John, <laughs> uh, should I check out Rise of the Guardians? <laughs> No. What's something else you liked about Nightmare Before Christmas? <laughs> Nothing. Something else you liked about Nightmare Before Christmas? I'm not even joking. I only like. Are it you concept. a fan of the title? <laughs> no. That's Are you not a fan even a of fun the... spinoff of Night Before Christmas? Are you a fan <laughs> of stop motion animation? Not really. Are you a fan of music? Yeah, but. I, there were people I've heard, I've heard band. Okay. I will put it like this. Do you like going to allow Boingo. something? <laughs> I, will, I will put it like this. If you allow me to talk about something adjacent to the film, which is the nightmare. Uh, oh, re- the nightmare. Re- 
for now. But it could be. That was a good album, John. The Nightmare Revisited album, because okay. one of the biggest things when I when we watched this movie was that I had noticed was I like these songs better done better by the actual people on that album. Marilyn mm-hmm. Manson did a better. You mean like when Marilyn Manson did This Is Halloween? Halloween? Exactly. Or okay. when Corn did Kid Nap the Sandy Claws. Okay. Oh, so it was like rock bands or metal bands that redid did covers of the songs in this because i've never heard of this album so okay i didn't yeah. realize what it was that's cool and so you liked that that take on so you like the songs you just didn't like how they were performed in the movie yeah okay well that's you know what john that's in line with something i really liked which was danny elfman's singing voice in this yeah, I really he has, enjoyed. He it. has great range. Yes, yeah, yeah man. I, I really enjoyed what he did with how he he brought uh, uh, singing uh, voice to Jack, and but honestly, if Kaimi just want to go listen to Oingo Boingo, you do that to yourself, sir. Well, okay, but his I, voice is quite different in Oingo Boingo than it in is, this movie. It is, but I enjoy those songs maybe a bit more. Oh, it reminded you of Oingo Boingo, and then it makes you want to go watch, uh, Ex- listen to that. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Got it. Got exactly. It. Uh, so that's something else I liked. Uh, Dallas, do you like Oingo Boingo? <laughs> I I really like the um, the camera work that went, went into the film oh, as a whole. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, the perspective, the, the, the way that they used um, their F-stop and, uh, you know, blurring things in the background. Again, it's from a, a lot of my love for it is from a technical point of view. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. they did such a great job of of uh, of uh, the cinematography as a whole. Yeah. Um, Can you explain for yeah. people that aren't like camera nerds what f stop sort of? Yeah, thank you for making. You thank does. you for editing that. This is a family friendly podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. So yeah, the f stop uh, <laughs> is a button that Francisco presses every time uh, John gets loud. No. Um, <sighs> So the f-stop is it's about it's about the perspective and um and lets where it's where the focal point of your lens is going to hit. So if you crank your f-stop down all the way, so like my camera right here, uh, it's a twenty-two millimeter. I have an f-stop of f two on it, mm-hmm. um, and uh, it's f number two for those listening. I know I slur my words sometimes. I'm not cussing out the captain, um, <laughs> but so basically that makes everything behind it blurry. Is exactly, right? and it gives you yeah. that bokeh effect in the background. Uh-huh. And so, um, of course, they're right up on these miniatures, uh, yeah. so you're gonna yeah. have a, some natural this uh, that taking place. But throughout the entire film, they were intentional about every camera angle, mm-hmm. uh, which added to like between the camera angles and then with the lighting itself. And how they lit different scenes. Like it was just a beautiful piece to watch as a whole. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I'm I imagine they had to be super intentional. Otherwise you're gonna like waste hours upon hours of time on a shot that that is ruined because you just like, oh, we didn't plan it this way. But I mean well, I imagine there is some of that. It's like, oh, I think this would really work better this way, but But it just felt so dynamic. Like previous yeah. stop motion animations that I'd seen beforehand. Like Gumby and Davy and Goliath. Like oh they were so flat yeah, and they were yeah. just like, they were boring. Like this is like the first time I watched a stop motion film that captivated me from a technical point of view of how they did it in the way that like, like I'm watching not just a, a CBS after school special 
you know, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, but like this mm-hmm. is like an intense like film. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, very cool. Awesome. Well, let's get into the most intense parts of our likes, the things we loved most, our classic makers for this. John, maybe you like the title, the the font face of this movie. What what <laughs> no, did no, you enjoy? No, I got I got something. I've got something. Uh, okay. I, I, I had to your... think real hard about it. All right. But uh, I I liked seeing that the uh, sandworm from Beetlejuice was able to get work again. <laughs> yes, I, I did familiar. notice that. Yep. And I think they used a couple. There's the black and white one, which is in the dice, and then the one eating the Christmas tree was felt like a riff on it, like is like orange right. and white or something. But okay, so you liked the Beetlejuice homage, Cameo, essentially. <laughs> you you liked the parts of this movie that weren't this movie. Okay, I see. I see how it is. That would have been yeah. amazing if they had a miniature Beetlejuice hidden in there. That somewhere. would oh. be great. If he was uh, dancing around in Halloween Town, it would have changed my perspective yeah. on this movie entirely. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, let but Lucas Beetlejuice, get a hold of it. We can make it happen. Beetlejuice isn't Disney though. That no, right? it's, it's not. Different, so yeah, there'd probably be a rights issue with that. Yeah. Okay. Get Spielberg on the phone. He can make it happen. Get P. Gilbert? Get Spielberg on the phone. Oh, he Spielberg. Can make it... <laughs> okay. Yeah. Or Brand Singer. Or Spielbergio, right? Was that his name? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, oh, in um, The Simpsons? Oh, what was it? Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> Senor Spielbergo. That's it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Dallas, what's your favorite Simpsons episode? No, what's your favorite thing about Nightmare Before Christmas? So, um,. And this is this is big for me. Um, I don't like musicals. You can ask oh, Celeste. Right. I just don't. Um, I've been on the show with you guys several times, talk about stuff, and it's just like, eh. I love the music, like yeah, from the songs oh, wow. to the scoring, at like yeah, like from across the board, all the musical pieces. I genuinely love and enjoy. I'll pop mm-hmm. this on and listen to it in the background while I work. The album Brian or not Brian John mentioned a minute ago. That's a great album of, of mixes. I thought mm-hmm. that uh, uh, Flyleaf did a great rendition of one of the songs on there. Even. Oh, but, cool. Uh, so, yeah, for me, the, the music as a whole is one of my favorite parts of this whole film. Okay. Fantastic. Uh, Paul, what would you sing the praises of about Nightmare Before Christmas? I absolutely agree with Dallas and disagree with him at the same time. <laughs> Uh, for me, it was the music, specifically the tunes. I, I like the melodies of not all the songs, some of the yeah. songs, yeah. Um, uh, not and but not the words. Uh, it's, it's hard for me to groove along with oh, the, the words in it. But like, uh, this is Halloween, and what is this? What's this? Uh, the, what's this? The the instrumental version I have saved on my playlist. It's it's nice. great. Okay, yeah. cool. Very nice. Okay, so the. The, the music, not necessarily the lyrics, is your classic Correct. maker for this. Okay, very cool. For me, you guys pretty much just came out the gate the gate with my, uh, with my classic maker. Oh, you're maker. welcome. We knew you weren't feeling that well. We wanted to help you a little. Appreciate you that, right? You look like you might be having a cold. Yeah. That's exactly what I have! <laughs> Wait, oh, you're I sick? Know. I didn't notice. If only you were this before. Anyway, stop, the stop motion in this film is oh, just okay. so superb. It was very easy for me to forget I was watching stop motion, except for yeah. a few times where there yeah. were like, I, I guess I'll call them particle effects. They're not really that. It's just like some water. I think there were some smoke effects that mm-hmm. just didn't quite land. It like took me out because either the smoke looked too real compared to the stop motion or or it looked like I think there's water off the fountain that looked too fake. It's like that's obviously like some 
I don't know, plasticky stuff that they're mm-hmm. messing, messing with. Um, but yeah, so the stop motion of this was just like, I was like, wow, this is 93. They were able to do all this. It was yeah. fantastic. So that was my classic maker for nightmare before Christmas. Uh, but there are things we liked about this film, things we don't like, and you know, we should get into, ha. Oh, I'm sorry, guys. There's, there's something else that I really liked, uh, that I wanted to bring to everyone's attention. The cell cast. Excuse the me? cell cast old hosted only. by Jacob and Drew as someone talks over me. Hosted by Jacob and Drew review animated movies and TV shows discussing what they appreciate about the medium in whatever form it takes. Whether it is a traditional hand-drawn animated movie, clay, claymation shorts, or a 3D CGI series. Check out some animated reviews when you subscribe to The Cellcast at thecellcast.podbean.com. And don't forget, cell is spelled with a C-E-L at thecellcast.podbean.com. Popping.com? Podbean. Oh. I thought you said okay. popping. Yeah. Pod bean. Pod. Is that what? A-H-P-O-D-A-N. Oh, did P-O-D do a cover? I bet they would have been. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was. They did a cover of Making Christmas. Sonny is all like, this time. Nice. This time. Is it you guys? Are you trying to wreck my voice right now? Oh my god! Making Christmas, making Christmas <laughs> this time. Okay, obviously, obviously that didn't necessarily have that much to do with Nightmare Before Christmas, except this is probably a movie they either have covered or will cover. But how about some trivia about this film, guys? Would yeah, you like be that? Oh, yeah, that'd be better. Like how dare you? Well, it would be better because it's more focused on the movie rather than a commercial for another podcast. Commercial? <laughs> that was all off the cuff. What are you talking oh, about? Oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> I, just, I just spit that out of my sleeve sometimes. <laughs> all right. Well, You're okay. Actually, here, here is your trivia about The Nightmare Before Christmas. Did you all realize? Actually, hold on. Let me do this real quick. Okay, Mr. Big Head. <laughs> Did you all realize that uh, Danny Elfman, the composer of this, uh, of The Nightmare Before Christmas, uh, end the mode, redo that. By the way, I'm doing this so that I can do a short more easily. I can just like... We don't get to be on your YouTube clip. I get it. Yeah, that's right. That's right. You hush now. Ahead, social media. I'm so proud of you, Francisco. Well, I'm trying to remember. All right. Get out with it. Yes, get out with it. <laughs> did you all realize that composer danny elfman wrote the songs for the nine bit before christmas before there was a script to go off of he wrote the iconic songs after burton described bits and pieces of the story to him he said tim would show me sketches and drawings and he would tell me the story describe it in bits and phrases and words and i would say yeah i got it three days later i had a song Amazing. So I thought that was super amazing. My question to you guys is, though, uh, or my question to you is, what is your favorite Danny Elfman film score? So not a favorite song, not an Oingo Boingo song, but like a favorite Danny Elfman film score. So it could be the whole movie. It could be one song from it, whatever. Pick your poison. Uh, let's start with Dallas. What's your favorite Danny Elfman score? Um, Batman 1989. 
Yes, oh, that's mine. That's good. That is my. I will put that on and drive. And yes. Just go and worry about speed limit later. <laughs> <laughs> Especially that uh, into the back cave song. Oh, that's yes. such a good one. Yeah. No. So that, back in the day, like I listened to uh, in '89. I listened to the Prince uh, soundtrack uh, once. Oh, yeah. And but I was like, eh. But I put mm. it on that Danny Elfman cassette. And Get that uh, score, if you're baby. If you're watching this and don't know what a cassette is, uh, welcome. We like you, the young <laughs> listeners, too. <laughs> yeah, I have uh, a pencil if you need it. Paul, yeah, but no, seriously, I like you. I would put that on for hours just in the background. It's a great score. Awesome. Oh, very cool. Uh, John, do you have a favorite Dane Elfman score? Uh, Mars Attacks. Oh, really? Oh. Okay. I haven't <laughs> seen that movie in forever. What about that really stands out to you above like a Batman or a Spider-Man? Can you even... Uh, Quantum or anything that. that ends in man. <laughs> Dark man. Uh, <laughs> it fit. It didn't. It didn't. Like with Batman 89 mm-hmm. or Dick Tracy, which. Oh, he did Dick Tracy. I mm-hmm. think I forgot that. Yeah. I, I just I just had to watch that for another podcast. Uh, uh, and it sounded like Batman 89. Um and I, I've noticed that a lot of his stuff sounds like all his other stuff. Whereas yeah, I kind of see that Mars Mars, Mars attacks kind of stands it's itself different. It doesn't poke its head above where it needs to be. It's just here's some quirky music for this quirky movie. And I mean it. Yeah. Okay. Well, very cool. Awesome guys. Well, thank you for answering that trivia. Yeah, great trivia, Francisco. Thank you, Paul. And now that we've all had some trivial fun as I talk over you, do you have anything to add what your favorite Danny Elfman score is? Did Paul answer? Yeah, he said they both like Batman 89. Paul and Dallas, yeah. I uh, took Dallas's because I didn't want to think. Oh my no, gosh. I'm joking. I legitimately <laughs> had that. <laughs> uh, Batman 89 is great. I, I like uh, Men in Black. I really like how he, uh, what he did for Man Black. So I'm pretty sure that's it, Elfman. I might get that wrong. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it, it is. is. So it is. Okay. You, I'm thankful you messaged me about that because I was like, what else has he done? Because 89 is what sticks out to me. Uh-huh, he uh-huh. did the Simpsons theme song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did. And oh, I, have, I was like, really? Nice. The Simpsons. And then in <laughs> chat, uh, let's see, Elleron says Mars Attacks or Darkman. Uh, even Spider Man was good. So. Those would be your picks. Very cool. Um, uh, let's get into the things that, uh, dang it. Did you say your line, Paul? Yeah, I was in the middle of it. Uh, oh, yeah. But then Dallas. Yeah. Okay. All right. Sorry. So, so how do you want to transition to let's find out what memories you. So I, I want to share. I want to have it where I shared what Laura Ryan said. Um, no. Okay. Then I'll say then. But let's get back to memories now. Okay. And then and then okay. you can start. But let me end the mode. All right, so uh, that's okay. Enough with trivia. Like you were saying, Paul, let's get back to our memories. What's the yes. first one? Let's find out what memories you, our awesome rewinders, had about the nightmare before Christmas. All right, David Williams says, My parents wouldn't let me watch it as a kid. Now it's one of my favorite movies. Drew from the Cellcast sings, Kidnap Sandy, Cl- kidnap the Sandy Claus, throw him in a box, bury him for 90 years, then we see if he talks. Drake Tungsten says, what's this? What's this? Yeah, I don't know, Drake. 
Sean the <laughs> Nicomata, I think that's how we say his name. I'm not good with name pronunciation. Moving on, he says this film is by far the only Disney movie I can sing word for word apart from the Sally song. The Sally like I think word. he can't sing the Sally song. Oh, the okay, thank you. My favorites. He goes on to say my favorite songs are "Kidnap the Sandy Claus" and "Making Christmas." Also, the Christmas Eve montage with Jack scaring everyone with monster presents. The great acting is superb, along with the amazing stop motion and background designs. And bonus, you can watch it on two holidays. I think I just say all my likes on this film is, uh... <laughs> film, huh? Film, huh? Sorry, yeah. <laughs> and not only can I get not get names wrong, but I can't even read what people write. <laughs> Fabulous Lomax says... My memory of this movie is of how I've managed to avoid watching it. Thanks for that, fabulous. Nice. That's actually uh, that's quite an accomplishment. Um, uh, <laughs> because we watch it every year at the Powers household. Oh, nice. Uh, more on that later. Ashley Ruiz says all of my memories of this movie got replaced with how it was incorporated into two mainline Kingdom Hearts games. Oh, if that doesn't <laughs> count, then I will say iconic songs, especially this is Halloween. This is Halloween. Nathan James Norman says, hated, hated, hated this movie as a kid. Whoa. I watched 20 minutes of it and turned it off. I thought it was mm. gross and ugly. Fast forward 15 or more years, and I come home to find my kids watching it. They love it. Ha they ha. watch it and sing it all the time. <laughs> good. And Celeste Mora says, Oogie Boogie song is one of the best. All right. Well, let's talk about what's best about being the worst about this film. Uh, let's spin up our worst three. Worst three things we uh, don't like about The Nightmare Before Christmas. And I'll kick us off, guys. I said how I liked uh, Chris uh, Sanderson, Sarandon. Sarandon, dang it, Chris Sarandon, and Danny Elfman for, for the vocal, rap. their vocal performances for Jack. Yeah, I thought, I was like, is this when I was listening to Sally's voice performance? I'm like, is this some noob actress that they just hired off the street? No, it's Catherine O'Hare from like Home Alone and Beale and Beetlejuice. I'm like, she knows how to act, but yeah. she felt so stilted and like like she was. I don't know what's going on. It did just did not feel like it was an actual actress. Maybe she's not used to voice performance versus like acting performance. She didn't feel warm, or it felt stiff, or. Yeah, it was, it was almost, it, I guess, the, here, this is my impression of it. Jack, I hope we can find you. I gave That's actually you pretty good. The <laughs> other frog gas. Didn't you like it? Well, it wasn't it's, quite that bad, but I, I see what you mean. I mean it just yeah. felt yeah. very amateurish. It didn't right. feel like, like well, a character that. that. I, I blame more, because I've seen Catherine O'Hara's work, I blame more on the director leading her okay. through her that, performance. That's, yeah. yeah, like I said, I know Catherine O'Hara can act, yeah. I, so that's just the... So that's disappointing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. she's one of the main characters in there, yeah. Well, well, I was one, thought exactly. Sally, one of those. Sally's last name was Shatner, so... <laughs> I don't get it. I mean, Terrible William Shatner, <laughs> Sally, I don't get it. Explain this joke to me, John. I don't know if you want to know. <laughs> Is William Shatner's her, wife her, Sally? The way she talked was the, due the to the pauses uh, that she makes kind of oh, reminds him of a certain oh, captain. Thank I'll, you. I'll, I'll be taking your geek card now, Francisco. I know who William Shatner is. I didn't know if you were saying it was a wife of Shatner, a sister. That's the connection I was missing. Moving Don't on. shake your head at me. 
I am the captain. I shake my head. All right. We do not Let's need continue to on, on this. <laughs> I will say Dallas, this. I always thought that, that her, her, her speech pattern was due to the fact that she was a doll that was made. And so she was like, and like the way they played out, she's relatively new to, to speaking to life at itself. Yeah, I guess so. As opposed to like, but I mean, all these, they didn't do a all good these, job portraying that then. all <laughs> these characters are made. They're all dolls, stop motion dolls, Dallas. <laughs> They're not, he doesn't mean that. <laughs> Oh, oh! You Cuber. mean in the universe she's made? Yes. Oh, I, okay, I see that. <laughs> um, but Dallas, explanations for Sally's performance aside, right. what di- what's something you didn't like about this film? So one of the things I didn't like was, and you kind of pointed this out, was uh, some of the particle effects just weren't quite right. Like when the steam was coming out of the soup bowl, yeah, um, and a couple other scenes like that, they just weren't really hitting it for me. Like it, it took away okay. from from the practicals of everything else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, about the only time where you saw this uh, particle thing work well, in my opinion, was when they were doing, when they did had zero in on the screen, but he was translucent at the same time. But mm-hmm. like, there's just a few scenes. I was just like, eh, I, that doesn't, that didn't work well. Yeah. It was okay. just jarring compared to the rest of the film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I uh, that's that. fair. Um, that By the is way, Francisco, fair. I just noticed your oogie boogie green background. Very fitting. Yeah, you know, I'm trying. I'm trying to be more in line with this film. Yeah, Oogie Booger, I think you got the note for. Paul, why don't you give us the note of what you didn't like about this film? Um, I thought it was confusing. Now, at first mm. I thought they set up like, this is Halloween Town, and oh, there's other holiday lands. And mm-hmm. then I was like, why is he trying to deliver Christmas to Christmas Town? Christmas to? He should be delivering Christmas to Halloween Town, not Christmas Town. Then it's like, oh no, he's delivering to all over the world. When did the yeah. world get involved? Like the whole world is more like that uh-huh. we know. Yeah, it's like it. It kept like uh, it, so the way they set up the way the worlds work with one another, I found very confusing. At yeah, least. there's no there's no continuity or there's nothing that bridges that logic for me. Right, either. Yeah, at yeah. least it, they didn't do a good job of bridging that logic to me to make it more concise of like, oh, what is going on here? So. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, let's see, John, was there? I know you love this movie as we saw <laughs> in your like section. But is so there anything you much. didn't? What's one thing you didn't like about Nightmare Before Christmas? <laughs> the leaps in plot logic that go on to make this story happen. Okay, yeah. For instance, uh, for instance, it, it's just a matter of, hey, Jack came back and he told us about this thing. Yes, we're doing that now. Hey, well, isn't he the king of Halloween Town or something? So they have no, to. No, he's just the those? pumpkin. He's just the pumpkin king. There's the yeah, mayor. But, the mayor has the. the yeah, but he's also the one like everyone looks at as like this is the guy in charge. Like the mayor goes to him like the next day, going, "We got to start planning this, Jack." And like he's petrified about the fact that Jack's missing because he can't plan Halloween without right. Jack. Right, but I mean, it's just it's it's a theme that goes throughout the movie. It's just this person said this, so I guess we're doing it. Uh-huh. <laughs> There's only thirty people in the world, why, so why, why not? Are you... <laughs> Paul, is Paul Rubens in this? Uh, yeah, he is. He is. Oh, who is he in this one? In he's this one, one of the uh, kids. He's locked. Oh. He's the kid that had the devil mask. Oh, uh, okay. I didn't realize that. <laughs> the more you know, I suppose. Um. So, wait, you didn't like that? I totally lost. You didn't like that Paul Rubens was in this? Or <laughs> no? It's just 
I do. I it's like just it. just just the la- the lack of characters having any sense of oh. reason. Oh, that they're like just go along with whatever Jack says without there really being a, a well, good reason. Well, it's not even specifically that. just Jack. It, it happens throughout the whole movie. It's just nobody has any sense of reason. It's just I guess we're doing this now. Gotcha. Okay. Sally Sally <clears throat> picks up a Sally picks up a uh, flower and it turns into a thing and then catches fire and door. Yeah, in her I never really got that. Why so is it? Then it turns into fire? it's it's a. I didn't understand why that happened first, but it's like a. They, they later explained it's a vision she has. It's a. Yeah. It's, to symbolize what's gonna happen. But then they didn't set up that she's like right, a prophet or something. No, that's how they set it up. That, that was the setup for the explanation. But they don't do any more of her prophecies then. It's it's completely circular about. reasoning. It's yeah. it's Deus Ex Machina, and that's the reason why it's terrible. Oh, I see. Well, I you know I'm I'm sort of in agreement with you, John, because something else that didn't make sense to me, and this goes along with what you were saying, Paul, about the logic of like their Halloween Town, then Christmas, and the whole world's there somehow. I did not understand um, why. Why? Okay, so Jack gets to the the tree grove where it has all the doors. Yeah, and then he goes through Christmas, and then he lands in a pile of snow. No other doors or anything are around. He goes in, looks, scopes out Santa Town, and then somehow gets back to Halloween Town. Yes, without doors or anything. Yes. Well, if you can buy the logic that there's this place exists, they're <laughs> yes. hoping that you could take the the leap of faith that. He can like just transport in and out of them. No, no, no. See, this is where it's wrong. It should be the the there should be two gro- there should be a grove in each like each holiday. So yeah, oh my gosh. Hol- he falls down the hole in one. Oh my gosh! No, let me finish. Let it. me finish. This is right. fa- this is fabulous fan fiction right now. Okay, go for it, Alice. Take us to your Wonderland. <laughs> <laughs> you have the grove in Halloween Town. You go through the Christmas. A tree, and then out the other side, you come out a pumpkin tree in Christmas Town. That was all you had to do. And then there's there's this bridge between worlds, and you just go back and forth. Whatever door you go into, that you, the you come out of the door that goes into that one. It's so simple. I, I don't know why they just plop him down with no sense of how he's going to get back. Yeah. I just I just had a revelation that th- this movie is contingent upon the world the narnia world building by c.s lewis well so now we need a prequel of the magician's nephew on how to get to places (laughs) that's that's what this is this is this is the magician's nephew the the wood the wood between worlds man Or maybe well, it's like look, the gummy I, bears where they have that that log that shoots through all the trees and takes them different places. Okay, well I'm just saying it doesn't make sense to me. All right, guys, that's it's just my had, dislike. Jack just had the the is what that is. Well, they didn't set it up. Uh, they didn't set it John, up being a prophet they, either, but apparently that was a thing. So, yeah. Yeah, I know, and it's horrible. John, what's something else that's horrible about this movie? Um, it's very quiet. There's very few lines in this movie. There's a lot of, hey, let's watch this thing happen. Not a lot yeah. of dialogue, which unfortunately leads to not a lot of plot building. So it felt very monotonous. 
Do you do you prefer movies with tons of like exposition dumps? Like, give me more all the dialogue. I don't want to see action. No, I want to see speaking. No, but the problem is, is that if you don't have any sense of dialogue, you don't. You're you're completely dependent on visuals for your world and character building, and because we have in the visible media, we don't have the ability to hear what the thoughts are. We don't have the ability to. We don't have the ability to know the backgrounds through memories of characters on the screen. You only have uh, what's being presented to you. Sure. Um, so in the visual medium, mm -hmm. unfortunately, you do need a certain amount of dialogue in order to create depth. Uh huh. And I just don't think that. I think the lack of dialogue made this movie feel very shallow to me. Okay. All right, that's fair. Um, I'm curious. Uh, did anyone else feel like the dialogue was shallow? I, I didn't get that sense, but Dallas or, or Paul, did you get that sense? No, just lack of explaining what's going on something. <laughs> <laughs> you know, John, I could going, use more dialogue this? about this? how this exactly. portal thing works. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, but I know, you know what? You guys didn't like my dislike. I'm not going to poop over your dislike there, John. Uh, Dallas, what's something I can, uh, what dislike can I poop on of yours <laughs> for me to poop on? I don't want you to poop on anything I have. That's disgusting. It's a it's Conan O'Brien. That's not sanitary. What's wrong with you? You got a cold. Now you're pooping on people's stuff. <sighs> that COVID does that haze. to you. Have you been tested? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Dallas, just like, go. You? All right. So, uh, one of, one of my dislikes was um at the end um sally has disconnected her her limbs and mm -hmm. to free santa claus and then like oogie boogie catches them and then the next scene she's put back together i'm like i just don't foresee oogie boogie going hey let me sew you back together i just don't see that happening oh i as didn't he chains that. her up uh so that was like it was just one of those like quick like how did we get here oh uh, okay yeah she yeah. walked Oh. Well, I didn't get why she she falls uh, in line with that, Dallas. I didn't get why she in the end she comes back to Doctor Ficklestein or whatever his name is to because uh, she is missing the arm that she needed to sew back up, but she can fall out the ledge and then sew herself up. So why can't she just find another armature, sew it onto herself, and just be rid of? I didn't get why she had to be there. It seemed like. She, just poison him for real and then kill him if you're not going to be. Why all these teasing poison things? I didn't understand that. Maybe she's not that kind of girl. Why is she poisoning him at all? Well, she'll poison him, but not enough to kill him. That, some, so if she's into some, pain is what you're saying. Well, no, she wants to see him sweet. suffer. There's no pain. It's, she wants some, her Francisco. If, if Frankenstein's monster lost a limb, could he just go grab one out of the ground and throw it on there or does it have to go through the electoral pro process to well hold on let me consult emily dickinson here uh in her uh, uh appendices on mary shelley sir no Boom. it's emily dickinson i think <laughs> where, where did we go where are we <laughs> <laughs> we're we're in a we're in a clearing where there's a bunch of trees paul oh yeah, exactly yeah, good it's yeah, arbor was, day <laughs> <laughs> Paul, was a dislike of yours that there was no Arbor Day in this? Uh, <laughs> no, in the that grove? would have been boring. 
Um, and you know how much <laughs> I hate slow and boring. No, um, I, I said my, my classic maker was uh, the tunes, and I didn't like the yeah. words. And so my things that the the thing that I didn't like are some of the words like uh, what's this? It, it has a mixture of hey, this is great and wonderful, but it's also talking about how there's uh, like n- nobody's throwing heads and there's absolutely no one dead, and it's all talking about like this gross, horrible stuff within a nice, delightful song. It's kind of yes. like this is Halloween that has some of these disturbing lyrics about like sharp teeth and glowing red eyes and hiding under your stairs and bed and like it's creepy and it's a little bit too much for me about like spiders in my hair i don't want to think about that kind of stuff see so, i'll never listen to the band the misfits that's all I'm no saying. i don't want that does no that sounds disturbing so i like the tune don't not want to hear the lyrics not for me thank you <laughs> would, would it be better for you if it was the the lyrics match or the music matched the lyrics like would you would that be more would you be willing to listen to that and be like oh yeah this song's this I song would like, slaps or whatever the kids are saying i would days. like sure you can have like oh this is halloween fine it's all about dark stuff oh mm-hmm. and then this is a christmas song but now you're mixing it with light yeah. and dark stuff so i can't appreciate the light stuff like like this is Halloween, I can understand. Like, okay, if people enjoy dark stuff, can enjoy dark stuff. There's nothing yeah. light for the people who enjoy light stuff. That gotcha. isn't that isn't corrupted by the dark stuff. Ah, that makes okay. Sense. Yes, that makes perfect sense. Uh, and yet another token, I'd say, into why this is a Halloween movie. But uh, we're not having that discussion again. We are it's having both. a discussion of what our what our most hated thing about Nightmare Before Christmas. What gives us nightmares about from watching this movie? And let's start with John. What did you hate most about the this forced film? romance between Jack and Sally? Uh, I understand yeah. that because it didn't make sense. Like all these women. Um, yeah. Sorry to talk over you, John, but let me just throw this in there. But, but I noticed that like at the beginning, all these women are basically throwing themselves at Jack. And he's like, no, I don't want none of that. And then all of a sudden, this this uh, Sally stuff gives him like uh, something in a bucket. And he's like, oh, this girl's good. I'm going to check. I'm going to be okay with her. And it's like, why? I felt, I agree, uh, John. It felt forced. Yeah. So expand on it, John. Why did it feel forced to you? Because they're, they're, the characters had little to no interaction through this movie. And all of a sudden, at the very end, I'm in love with you. You're not. If anything, you're madly in like at the most. And <laughs> I didn't even see that. I, was you like, guys, I felt like it was just. Not, and plot armor is not the right word, but it's just it's just, just a contrivance that they were together. It's like we need romance. Okay, put these two together. It, it, there was there was no build up to it. It's just yeah. Sally, Sally saw him, and it was right for her apparently. And Jack wasn't in, interested yeah. until Ali had done a few favors for him, basically. And it doesn't strike me one it doesn't portray a healthy relationship at all uh or a healthy means of uh well this is Disney. creating a relationship well and, and she's she warned him and, and she was like look don't do this it'll lead to destruction and he realizes oh i should have listened to her i'm gonna i, we're, I guess we're meant to be together <laughs> i can kind of see that but Based off that, then I guess me and Tipper Gore are supposed to be together because the parental advisories on all the albums I bought back in the nineties were telling me the truth. Those albums. So there we if go. You're, if you're out there, Tipper, give me a ring. She, she's our biggest fan, you know, <laughs> of the podcast. Um, 
All right, John, that's, that's totally fair. I'm, I'm curious. What would be a, the, the contrasting movie, uh, couple that you're like, this is what the Nightmare Before Christmas should have aspired to or um, could only hope to be? I wish you would have let me pl- plan for that because now you're expecting me to pull it out of the air. Well, so I you just pick someone like Tom Hanks and, um, what's her name? Meg Ryan. Meg Ryan. Ryan. Yeah. Insert any female you want. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't know. I don't necessarily think that there is the perfect movie couple that it shows the mm. relationship developing on screen. Because the fact of the matter is, in order, you know, for people to fall in love, that's something that takes time, and mm. that's something they can't really show very well in a movie. On Solo and well, Princess Leia, you got I, a couple movies there. I will well, also... she she had to kiss her brother before she figured out that she okay, liked uh... whatever it takes. Sometimes you know. <laughs> I will crib my my wife's pick because I feel like this is it's pretty a good example. But when Harry met Sally, the there you see their their friendship to romance definitely progress over mm-hmm. a, a long span of time. And Tom Hanks. <laughs> it's no, that's not Tom Hanks. That's Billy Crystal. Paul. Oh yeah, 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 I know that. No, I meant any, but I agree with that. Actually, no. Sorry, I was about to go off on uh, on uh, Harry Met Sally, but I think that you can also see that in some of the Tom Hanks films, is what I was yes, meaning, meaning sure. to say. I know Billy Crystal does a good job, but and, 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 and does he? No. I don't know. Bill, Billy Crystal did a marvelous job. You got to say it right when you're talking yeah. about Billy you Crystal. Look marvelous. No, that's not how he says it, but it's close. <sighs> This conversation is mostly dead. Let's move on to Dallas. What Just because is, you don't like it doesn't mean it's dead, Francis. Is a Princess Bride pull there, John? Uh, uh, Dallas, that's who you are. What's your tragic maker for this film? Wow. Oh my gosh. Um, my tragic major maker, while not as intense of a dislike as what John has, um, is the uh the rushed uh relationship between uh sally and jack also wow although um i i have a little bit more allowance for it because what his the revelation of it was that this is the only one who's actually cared about him to tell him the truth Mm. i think they should have like left it with him having a revelation of somebody actually cares about me rather than somebody just wants me because of my status or because of what i do for them she just genuinely cared about him. Though, if they especially. had done that, I think that the film would have ended a lot better, a lot sweeter. Yeah, the romance side would have been. Yeah, but that's um, hard to do in ninety minutes or hour. Exactly, long this is. and so yeah. I think they, if they just killed it there rather than having him going, "I'm in love with you all the way," it would have been better. <laughs> Pee Wee came back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, from what I'm told, there's a there's a a company of it called. Uh, um, oh my goodness, Celeste is going to kill me if I remember the title of it. Um, we read allegedly. Pumpkin- the pumpkin queen oh, and it's okay. a continuation of, of the of the story and oh, that's uh, interesting it fleshes out the relationship in a lot better way from what, what celeste tells me and it's oh, really very sweet oh, it's cool. about when uh jack skellington decides to form a band and he's starting to discover who he is and they say they ask if this is the real life or is it just if they're caught in a landslide <laughs> is this long live the pumpkin queen oh, that uh, might be it all right, yeah. It's by <laughs> yeah. Uh, Shia Earnshaw. Yeah. So, but Check Celeste it loved it. My sister liked it too okay. a lot. Oh, nice. Is this a book or what? Yeah, is it's a book. book. Oh, okay, okay. It's one of those things you read. It's a paper. 
and write. Oh, I get those notifications on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> I listen to books, so I don't. Yeah, same here. Anyway, you know your 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 trash maker goes very butts up right against my trash maker. Uh, I like big butts. Sorry, we're not going back to Sir Rex a lot. Um, I like big butts. My, and I cannot lie. My issue, my issue with Nightmare Before Christmas is uh, that there doesn't seem to be a, a moral, so to speak. There, I don't feel like sure there's a is. point to. I'm not learning anything about how to be a better anything from this movie oh i do and oh, i'll okay. talk about oh. it during my tragic me <laughs> so if you want to switch to that yes let's do that because i teach me something paul okay the whole point of this is jack learns that halloween and christmas don't really mix that's the moral and so i agree with them like Halloween and Christmas don't really mix. And this, that's what this whole movie is. It's a mixture of Halloween and Christmas, two yin and yang trying to fit together. And they, and it doesn't do well, in my opinion. And I, so I, I didn't enjoy the whole movie of that. That's what we learned that they don't fit together. Yeah. They don't mix well. Otherwise, Jack would have succeeded in his adventures. And everyone would have been happy with their horrible stuff at Christmas. Paul, and some I'm gonna, people really are. Need, okay. Paul, I'm going to re- I'm going to respectfully Go ahead, disagree. I'm going to respectfully disagree and with you can. that. There's a lot the of people that do. I, 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 will, I but I, I believe you're close. I believe what the moral of this movie is is Halloween is whatever you want to make it to be. Just don't try to force it on people who don't see similarly to you. I didn't get that, but that's good for you if that works for you. <laughs> He's not going to force that on you, John. Yeah, I'm not going to. Also, thank you for not forcing your belief on me. Because I will respectfully disagree with yours. I mean, yeah, you're welcome to be wrong, but that's just how it is. Sure. I often am. So I'm used to it. I will say maybe I would have picked up on a moral if I wasn't falling asleep during this movie. (laughs) Because it was too quiet? No, not because it's too quiet. Because I'm like... What's the, the point moral, of this? The I, I'm not the getting a moral of this. Is to listen to your um, witchcraft girlfriend wannabe who wants who's telling the future fortune telling and oh, you know yes, hook up course. with her rather than the pe- than the other people just throwing themselves lavishly at you. Wait, and- wait. Sally was made made from leaves. She was stuffed with leaves. If she could see the future, does that mean she was reading the leaves? I think so. Possibly. What I was going to say, though, I'm not trying to say that every movie that is any good has to have a moral or any, or it doesn't really have to be like, like super obvious what the moral is, but there has to be, I almost feel like there has to be some point to me watching this movie, to me and wanting to invest in these, this story. I didn't care Look, about these characters. I, I didn't really care about the story. I, so I, I understand what's going on okay. here, Francisco. Oh. You're like me. You grew up in the eighties. We're expecting the main character like Jack to come out the end and say, Listen, boys and girls, in today's story, <laughs> yeah, I didn't bother, you know, trying to see what yes. people wanted to do. So I forced Halloween on them during Christmas, and that's a no-no. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, I need, and here's I need one to them grow to on. crystallize it for me. Exactly. Yes. Oh, my I just had a, I just had a flashback to the USA Cartoon Express. Thank you so much for that. Oh, yeah. Choo-choo. Uh, so, so, Paul, you're... If I get it right, your tragic maker was that there was a moral, but that the moral was that to stay in your lane, as Lil Ron here in chat said. 
you yeah i guess it's saying that they doesn't mix and yet this whole movie is about the mixture of it so this whole movie is basically saying to me hey this doesn't work oh so it's and like I it's agree a pointless it. movie okay yeah, yeah. yeah there's no reason for it to be essentially right i kind of get that i wonder if that's the point of the poem i uh, dallas you said you read the original poem what was the what was the thrust of it what was it trying what sort of message was it trying to get across uh just night no Halloween it, christmas zany it's really simple francisco i could i could tell you it says roses are red violets are blue halloween and christmas don't mix and neither do you wow. that was the poem yeah no not the original one that's I'm what sorry. i oh I, that's what i thought you were saying <laughs> like wow they made a movie out of that go ahead dallas obviously they did <laughs> No, um, it's been it's been several years since I've read the poem, but from my understanding, I mean, what I've read from watching the movie, what I found the theme to be wasn't that these things don't mix, but it's the matter of uh, being okay with what you have and and the giftings you have and the uh, what you do and understanding oh. that um, you know, so don't go chasing don't waterfalls. To Stick to oh. the rivers and lakes that you're used to. <laughs> there you go. There you go. But, but you Jack Skellington to... had to have it his way or not at all, and I think <laughs> yeah. he was moving too fast. Yeah. My goodness, that's a long poem. It's like <laughs> three pages or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, the night before Christmas, which I just realized this is a riff off that name, that title. Oh yeah. Yeah. Are you um, serious? You that... just realized that. Yep. Not well, not I mean today. I just realized it today. Not like now during this conversation, but today. I but just today realized. you just realized it. Yes, I was today oh, years old really when Francisco realized it. <laughs> like Francisco, the whole, like the whole thing was a Francisco, matter of read a book. Oh, oh well, no, still I, legal. I Go read a book. We don't read those. We only listen to them. <laughs> like legitimately, Francisco. Like the entirety of this of the poem and the movie was inspired mm-hmm. by. Um, combination of the night before Christmas, the poem, mm. the old uh, Christmas uh, stop motion animations, and then like some of the birthing place of it was actually like um, Burton was not, yeah Burton was like basically at Dillard's when they were taking down their their Halloween display and mm-hmm. they're putting up the Christmas display because nobody remembers there's a thing called Thanksgiving anymore. <laughs> and yeah. he saw the two combinations of things sitting there together and he thought it was fascinating and he imagined. Mm-hmm. What would it be like if, if these creatures from Halloween land tried to experience Christmas, mm-hmm. not having a, an understanding of what they were stepping into? And I think that's really what it was, is you can't just step into a space that you don't understand. Yeah. And, now, and um, I think that would have been more interesting if, if like Paul was alluding to, I think, earlier, if, if um, it was a was. matter of Jack trying to bring Christmas, like not do this whole planning committee thing. Hey, let me explain Christmas to you. Actually try to be Santa Claus and, and br- put presents at people's feet in Halloween town and like trying to make Christmas something they celebrated too. I think that would have been a lot more fascinating, a lot more interesting, a lot more about this is how we celebrate other I don't know, cultures or whatever. That's yeah. what Disney's into uh, these days, wait, right? I, wait, I honestly so, go ahead. I'll, I'll, go ahead, John. I, I've got it. This movie is an allegory for the wrongs of cultural appropriation. Well, actually, that goes along. I seriously thought this when watching the movie. I thought it was a cautionary tale against Vietnam. It's basically oh. when you're you're trying to do something from afar rather than living in it and experiencing oh, it. And and, you know, you're making decisions and forcing it on others from afar rather. So. I think there's it, a whole correlation there. Okay, so if this was an allegory for Vietnam, then who was Rambo? 
Um, John, you are John Rambo. <laughs> John, Rambo. <laughs> John Harvey, right here. You don't know you're the you're the the hero. Yeah, that's how this works. Oh my goodness! But that's an interesting point, Paul. I never really thought about that. But yeah, uh, fantastic. Well, that is all our tragic makers, guys. So now that we've entered our all our trajectories, that's a hard word to say, into the firing computer, Alice, do you have a firing solution for us? Firing solution complete. Rating Salvo at the ready. On your mark. Let's ask Salvo Authority oh what the gosh. moral of the story is. Where is Salvo Authority? I think you have to use Salvo's authority to give your final rating. I think that's what he wants. <laughs> oh, Salvo's at the ready. All right. Now you're just saying words that don't make sense. I don't know. Oh, you're making up no, words. No, no, like, he's impersonating Sally. That's what he's doing. Oh, that's a good impression. <laughs> oh. I think uh, Catherine O'Hare did a better job. Sorry, Francisco. Yeah. Don't quit. That's great, Kevin. Paul. Yeah, I, I, I got to give that's our Bobo in the chat a big yes. Bring in the silence of the lamb reference into a Christmas movie. It rubs the salvo it. on the authority <laughs> or it gets my ire again. OK, put anyway, the ire in the let's basket. start with John. Do you rate? So we on the Retro Rewind podcast, we Dumpster rate fire. movies. Classic, nostalgic, or tragic. If it's a classic, you'd recommend anyone go see this, whether or not they've seen it before. A nostalgic, it's worth your time to revisit if you'd seen it before. But if you've never seen it before, just pass this one by. Or a tragic, it's worth no one's time today. If you've never seen it before, keep it that way. And you have, if you have seen it before, don't sully any good memories you have of it with a rewatch. So uh, we're not on the bomb shelf, John. I don't know why I have to keep reminding you of, you, you of that. What is your final classic nostalgic well, or tragic rating? Cast, we might be. This, Are you simulcasting this, this, Dallas? Did you ever start that? The world may never know. I think we will know. I'll just go to twitch.tv slash geek devotions and I'll tell you right now if that's the case. Well, you don't know. Let's if see. They, don't, they, could, they could be putting this in their feed and it could show up on their feed in the future. That's not we simulcasting, Paul. That's repurposing. <laughs> Whatever. Oh my no, God. No tomato. Sir, sir, this is a Christmas movie. It's called Regifting. Look at us. <laughs> like in John, Indian. what is your final rating for The Nightmare Before Christmas? Uh, my, my final thought on it is tragic. Tragic. Okay. So that, and that was your, that was your prediction it, as it well. Is, it, 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 yeah, it's a very tragic dumpster fire. Wow. Wow. Uh, all right. Not shocking, considering all your likes. <laughs> <laughs> Dallas, uh, you had classic. predicted classic. Did you end up rating this a classic? I did. Really? Oh, yep. crap. <laughs> C for crap. No, C for classic. Um, so this just is as good as you remembered it like expand on why you rated it yeah i mean it's it, it hits all the right spots for me again from a from a technical point of view it's absolutely beautiful and gorgeous i love the music i love the mm -hmm. sounds of it um i enjoy the story i enjoy some of the things that take place within it as a whole i enjoy mm -hmm. the art of it uh the little goth kid in me enjoys this on a regular basis because i like oh, okay. some of the darker stuff mixed in yeah, with some yeah. like um so i have a lot of great memories watching this growing up mm -hmm. and enjoying it with friends and family and so um we watch this movie every single year uh for halloween christmas time mm -hmm. frame um 
It's now, do just you watch it things. for Halloween or do you watch it for Christmas? I watch it for both. And nice. so, no, 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 do you watch no, no. it twice a year? Or? Oh, yeah, that's a good. You watch it twice a year? Yeah, I really do. And so, oh, that's horrible. Our Christmas will be. <laughs> <laughs> and so, I know it's in, um, and maybe it's just that I was I was in the right time frame to enjoy it because I'm like cards on the table. Uh, I'm the youngest person in the room at the moment with you guys. I and speak for yourself. And so when it landed, I think you just did. Like <laughs> yeah, like we were. I was at the right age to to be captivated by the whole thing, yeah. and then had a lot of friends that you know we enjoyed this. And mm-hmm. so yeah, for me, it's it's a classic film. I love this film. I, and um, I know Nathan James Norman doesn't get it, and uh, but his kids do, and his kids are cool. Oh. <laughs> wow! But that's wow. all right. Nathan is cool too. I do <laughs> want to say real real quick, John. You you said tragic and. Dallas just said something about the mix of light and dark. Movies like Big Trouble in Little China mix light and darks, and you like that movie, I presume. So why don't you like this movie? It's like Bruh. the same movie. It, no, it's not. <laughs> no. The effects in this are a, much better. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. See, I came on here <sighs> thinking possibly Paul and I could be friends, but... He's making He's that difficult, wrong, dude. <laughs> oh, wow, uh, Paul. Why yes. don't you let's see how difficult you make it with your rain? You had predicted nostalgic. What was your final? Yeah. What's your final rain, though? I personally don't like the mixture of the light and dark. That's mm-hmm. me. So for me personally, it's a tragic. But uh-huh. um, we watch it like I said every year at my house because there's members of this household that love it and i like dallas there i know lots of people that really like this mm-hmm. so if people were gonna were gonna ask me if i recommend it i'd say maybe it might work for you so i'm gonna keep it at nostalgic because i think there's a group of people there that this does fit but it's not a classic where i said you have to check this out <laughs> all right interesting okay well that just leaves me guys and i predicted nostalgic bachelor watching this I could go the rest of my life and never watch it again. I'm going to rate it tragic. Wow. So it's just, I felt like there are so much, so many things that were, that didn't have continuity. There are certainly elements that are good. It's not like the worst movie ever by any means. I'm not trying to say that, but I, I rate movies for me and it's just, I am just, I, I, I could go the rest of my life. Like I said, and never watch this movie again and be fine. So I'd much rather watch a Coraline or a Kubo and the Two Strings or or a Rudolph and the Red-Nosed Ranger, which we're covering next next time. Um, at least so I think that might be I might feel differently after reviewing it. It's been a while since I've seen it. But with all those uh, reigns tabulated, re, uh, the Retro Rewind podcast rates The Nightmare Before Christmas, a highly disputed tragic film. We'd recommend wow. no one go see this. Whether or not you've seen it before. Sorry, Dallas. I tried to help. <laughs> yeah, but now it's time to get back to our own time. Good I'm old. Used to be the right person. Twenty XX. Wait, twenty XX. Crumpsets online. Receiving incoming transmission. Wow. Uh, feels good to be back, but we wouldn't have been able to travel back to 1993 to begin with if it weren't for our amazing reflux capacitors, namely Jared Holzhauer, Deborah Powers, Brian King, Patrick Hicks, Chris Cowan, Geek Devotions. Oh, you're right here! Yeah. The Untold Podcast, James Keniston, Drew of the Cellcast, Ashley Ruiz, 
Pastor Juicen, Kenneth, Redeem Dotaku, That's Our Babu, Josh Ams, D Tungsten, Andy Lewis, Jeff, Tony from the Retro Days, Mr. Loss, Daryl Hafner, Rosie, Dale, in addition to six other awesome patrons as well. Thank you all so much for keeping the Gigawatts coming. And if you want to help keep us flying for as little as $1 a month and get bonus content for your generosity, head over to RetroRewindPodcast.com slash support to start. This stream sponsored by PaulJPowers.com. All right. While oh, we're thinking, sorry. Hold on. Hold on. We have yeah, a review. Go for it. Well, I wanted to thank Dallas for uh, supporting, you know, with pauljpowers.com there. We also want to thank Mario 500 for their new review on Apple Podcasts. Yeah. They, they gave us a five star review and said, wow, a review of Retro Rewind Podcast. I had found what I had believed to had been certain installments of this Retro Rewind Podcast to had been very enjoyable and very pleasant. For example, no profanity. You're welcome. Thank you, Mario 500, for that review. I assume I, English is, I can fix is that. first language. No, that would just be another... Edna mode. Exactly. <laughs> F-stop. The yeah. F-stop, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be... And you know what? While we're thanking people, we also want to give a big uh, Tim Burton-esque hug to John Haru and Dallas Mora for supporting us with oh, their yes. thoughts about The Nightmare Before Christmas tonight. So I'd like to start alphabetically and let's go with uh, Dallas. Where can people find you online? Is there anything cool you got going on? Yeah, you can uh, find us at geekdevotions.com where you find links to everything we do. Our weekly devotionals we put out every Friday on YouTube, plus the myriad of um, podcasts such as the the uh, the Bottom Shelf where we review terrible movies. Uh, John's actually part of that. Uh, the Gundam Watch where we review mostly Gundam. John's actually part of that. Uh, Com Talk by Geek Devotions where we do various things. John's part of that. And then uh, We Read Allegedly uh, where they review books. John's also part of that. But he so apparently John's part of all of this. <clears throat> Everything is there the any Friday, the, is there any part of Greek devotions John isn't a part of? Yeah, the the Friday devotions. Oh, okay. Yet, and the streams, the live streams. Oh, cool. Okay. Well, speaking awesome. of which, John, thank you for coming out here and yes, joining us thank for this you, review. John. Awesome and, having uh, you on. Finally, where can people find you online? Or is there anything cool you got going on? I do DM at playing games with strangers. So if you want to hear what goes on inside my head and how I force upon it, uh, feel free to go check that out. Um, I also am guesting on a upcoming episode of strangers and aliens might be out before oh, this nice might be out before <laughs> this uh, shows up, but I just recorded it yesterday with Ben Ben and uh we talk about Dick Tracy, so that's nice. a, another movie from the same year. Oh, yeah. With Danny Elfman scoring. I just yeah. found that out today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. And cool. anything else you want to know about, check the link tree in the podcast description that Dallas will send you. Wow. Fantastic. Thank you so much, uh, Dallas. Thank you so much, John. And, of course, my awesome Not a Nightmare uh, co-host Paul. Uh, I'm the worst nightmare. Oh my gosh. And all you rewind world for another fun voyage. You're welcome. And you can find me, pauljpowers.com at pauljpowers.com. Oh, and you can find me on our Discord for show announcements or just to say hi. Join us there at retrorewindpodcast.com slash Discord. This podcast is a proud member of Culture Box. There's Nathan. A curated collection of podcasts, videos, and articles that will provide you a balanced meal of content. 
you will find culture celebrated for its past and future, satirized for its extremes, explored in study, and created anew in story. Point your web browser to culturebox.media. I knew Nathan would be back later. I need to make a quick <laughs> correction. Uh, they are the the crowd is right. That was in nineteen ninety. Dick Tracy was in ninety, not ninety three. Uh, that was a faux pas on my part. Wah, 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 wah. Wah, wah, wah. Important information. And as Nathan just said, we are part of Culture Box Media Network. Find all the shows unpacking truth through story, comedy, and geekery at culturebox.media, which is kind of not people aren't used to, but that's unusual. It sticks out in a good way, hopefully. Culturebox.media. With that, Captain, we are our final approach to base, where hopefully no one blows up our sleigh on the way. That would be sad, XO. But thank you so much, and thank you all for listening. We pray you are more joyful today than when you first hit play. But like a Pokemon, we got to catch you all for Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, our next episode for Winter Miss of the Retro Rewind Podcast. Retro Rewind Mission Complete. Proceed to Nap Point Omega and return to base. Haven't you heard of peace on Earth and goodwill toward men? No! I guess neither have lawless cowboys on distant planets. Oh, then it must be time to review another episode of Firefly! Ship like this, be with you to the day you die. Retro! Because it's a death trap. The part of Rewind. Pretty cunning, don't you think? They were robbed of time, young indie made them poor. Burnt out on dullness, what was it all for? With Firefly now, what reviews will they find? The hero of time, retro of rewind. We gotta go to the crappy town where I'm a hero. How did yes. Young Indy make them poor? Poor of time. He made, uh, like, took all our time. I still don't understand that reference. Moving along. Anyway. Uh, welcome to another review of Fireflies. We review episode by episode of this series on our way to our Christmas episode covering the movie Serenity. Uh, Paul, what episode are we reviewing today? This episode we are reviewing is uh, number 13 titled Heart of Gold, which is actually the third of three uh, movie or movies episodes that did not originally air in the U.S. when it was first aired because the series got canceled. Oh, yeah. Um, so, can you give us a one-sentence synopsis of the plot of this episode, Captain? Yes. Anara has an old companion friend from companion school, I guess, that calls for help because there's a lord on the planet she's on uh, that she runs a whorehouse for. <laughs> I usually parentheses a lot. Commas and paws. It must be from the Shatner <laughs> school. That's Sally's uh, relative, right? I mean, he just watched it. He should have this down. Yeah. Anyway, continue, Captain. And, and so there's a lord that's, or a, a, I forget what the title is of this guy that's served. He wants to have a, one of the the prostitutes at the Heart of Gold girls. That's like the the end thing. It's called the Heart of Gold. One of the prostitutes there. The lord wants to have uh, one of the prostitutes have her as baby because uh, his wife can't have and her so, as a baby. Ha have his baby. Have a child. With one of the prostitutes, because his wife can't have a child. 
Oh, is that why? So, okay. Anar, so she calls Anara for help. That's right. Which that's Firefly right, crew yeah. comes and helps them. I know, that was that's a right. horrible... I'm sick, guys. Have I mentioned that? I love my captain. Thank you. Um... So uh, let's go through and say one thing we liked about this episode of Firefly, guys. Uh, let's start with uh, let's start with Dallas. Um, I liked the uh, the fact buttons. that while some of Mal's <laughs> motivation for just stepping in to help was um, his relationship to um, Homegirl, it really right. boiled down to there was something that didn't sit right with him about the situation uh, yeah. that these these women who were being um attacked uh and a gentleman who uh was forcing this other woman to give him, to surrender her child to him because yeah stuffs so i'm sorry you, that uh, it sounded like you're explaining the plot again but i'm sorry what what did you like you like the plot or what did you like? <laughs> i like the motive I, I like the fact that mal stepped in he's he said i'm gonna oh, step okay. in i'm gonna handle the situation for free he wasn't looking oh, for, for compensation he just he's like this is wrong and we're gonna yeah. handle it and i appreciated yeah. that i mean throughout the series mal was kind of like okay he's like morally ambivalent um yeah. but this was a moment where it was like a no we're not going to put up with this crap today yeah 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 totally awesome um john did you have a like you're rude bro i was just gonna <laughs> sit this episode out but you want you you want you want to you want to put shame on me fine let's, let's i, I will let's, ask have you seen have you ever seen firefly so i i will throw shit at myself too i forgot to watch this week's episode so i my apologies john uh wasn't able to watch it either have you seen I Firefly be before, though, John, or no? Uh, I watched it up to a certain point. I, I I had never experienced Firefly until I saw Serenity, the movie. I mean, yeah, I had never experienced yeah. Serenity without uh, before I saw Firefly. I saw gotcha. Firefly first, and then I heard it was based off a TV show. I think I watched about half the series and got tired and just gave up. All right. Oh. Wow. So not a brown Sad. coat. Nice. <laughs> no, I'm glad to have one well, aboard. No, I I I I I do like Nathan Fillion as yes. an actor. Yeah, he's but, great. I wish but, they could do on better stuff. That's all. Like uh, yes, but he's my favorite role potential. My favorite role of him was his portrayal of Cactoid Jim on the the uh I just forgot the, the name Daring of the Adventure Hour, the yeah, thrilling the, adventure, the hour? adventure Hour. The thrilling yeah, yeah. adventure hour. Yeah, uh, him as Cactoid Jim was what really endeared him to me. So okay, that's that's a deep cut. I'm, I I would be surprised if Dallas or Paul know what that is. But no, I, I, I love I I love the fact that that I finally found somebody who knows what the thrilling adventure hour mm-hmm. is, other than me. I only ever uh, listened to um, Robo Fiska that the cowboy Sparks sci-fi. Nevada, Marshall Sparks Nevada, Nevada, yeah. I only ever wa- listened to that. I didn't listen to the the other ones, but oh, that's too bad because uh, they were all pretty good. Um, I, I believe it. He but... also he also did. Uh... Uh, for context, Paul and, and Dallas, this is a a podcast that was done in the style of old radio dramas. Oh, old it's a audio podcast. dramas. Oh, and so there were different like uh, segments. There was like a sci fi cowboy segment. There was like a a horror, a comedy horror segment. I think there's one other one. I forget what it was. But anyway, so they would do like two or three different skits each time, but then you had to come back for the next week 
to see how it resolved. And it was very serial, uh, I guess serialized in that way. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. come back next week for what happens to Batman next or something like that. Anyway. <laughs> Continue, please, John. Well, I was just going to say he he did a, he had another series to himself on the Thrilling Adventure Hour as well. Um, oh, I didn't know that. Ace okay. American. I can't uh, remember his uh, Jefferson Davis, Ace American. Oh, nice. OK, so. Um, yeah, it, it was it was. He's a, I think he's a much better voice actor than he is a physical actor, in my oh, okay. opinion. Interesting. Uh, I I like his physical comedy too, but so I you, so you would say your like of this episode is Nathan Fillion. It sounds like, uh, sure, okay, great. <laughs> well, I can pretend. <laughs> That's what. Yeah. Um, I honestly forgot who I asked first. What I think it was Dallas. Dallas. So Paul, what did you like about this episode? What I I liked and I didn't like, I thought the very end scene between Anara and Mal, um, where mm. um, where she was realizing and had the talk with him of of her growing too close to Mal and yeah. being hindered by it, like not wanting to leave and basically move on with. She needs to move on with her life. I thought it was very true and poignant to the characters that yeah. they had built up till now. I yes, it, it it hit very well, dead center and emotional, and it made sense. Yeah, the way the, absolutely. The, the series and the episode went. I didn't like the outcome, of but course, it made yeah. sense. Right, and yeah, it didn't feel contrived. It felt like this was yeah, this is yeah, it felt this very was real. Earned. Yeah. And I, I bravo to them for the way they handled that. But yeah, oh, it's yeah. frustrating because I like Anara. I don't want her to leave. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, for me, from what I remember, I really enjoyed uh, the shootout. Just them like held up in the heart of gold and like try hit all the guys and just cover all the exits and stuff. I thought that's always a, a fun dynamic. In Western. It's like, yeah, that too. Paul. Exactly. Um, so and I thought it was. I hate that he had this laser, this cool laser thing that's like, oh, here we go. I'll just shoot you all. Um, yeah, which supposedly had automatic targeting that didn't right. automatic target. <laughs> it didn't right. target nothing. Oh, hey, my I got goodness. a question. Since they're in the heart of gold, does that make them all golden girls? Ah, I like it. Yes. I agree with that. Just sure. Checking. Sure. That's what that is. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, before we get to what we didn't like about this episode, uh, who did you connect with the most? Uh, John, obviously Nathan filling his mouth. Um, I will say uh, it was nice to see Wash alive and walking around. Yes, <laughs> of course. Spoiler That's always a movie, plus. But... <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Paul, who did you connect with the most or like the most? This, this one, I had a tough time. Um, I Even right now. You know what? Oh, River. When she was... During the, the, when they were trying to deliver the baby. Yes, says, yes, yes. And she's I like, wonder, all she says, like, yeah. And she says the line, I wonder who's in there. Yeah. <laughs> and just to go on that, that not a service level, but another level deeper thinking yes. like that. I really enjoyed that moment with her. Like, there we go. There's some Absolutely. Good, yeah. Yes. How about you, Dallas? Um, I think I said this last time, but I think I connected with Mal just because I, I appreciate how he, he just yeah. has no, he doesn't put up with crap. <laughs> yeah, pretty so. much. Pretty much. Uh, for me, I, it's kind of a cheat. I like the, the Zoe Wash, uh, marriage, how they're like kind of wanting kids now and they're trying to navigate that. And, 
Mm-hmm. So I thought I thought that was good. It was just a, a brief moment. It wasn't much of the episode, but I liked how they they mm-hmm. addressed that. And that felt similar to the whole Anar Mal conflict being very real. I felt like that was very real yeah. for a, a marriage and and like how I do can, we do this? We're on a spaceship. It's like it I'll attest to that because like his whole thing was it was dangerous. And like Celeste and I have legitimately had real life conversations as of late of like you know bringing a kid in. Like we're getting mm-hmm. to the point where like. You know, we're about ready to have kids. It's like, mm-hmm. is it safe? <laughs> yeah, it's never like, safe. This, I was about like to say, re- it's never been safe. Right. But like, yeah. just looking at the things happening in the world right now. And yeah, it's like, man, it's like, you know. But hey, to- Dallas, you got to remember, someone has to birth the Antichrist. <laughs> oh, my God. Thanks. Appreciate that, buddy. Sure. Wow. <laughs> That's if the Antichrist is actually a person, Paul. It could be. A, oh, that's know. right. We've talked about it could be an alien or it could be a, a government. A, a, or, a, oh, you mean like a, a, a it could be a, a body a, a committee. That's like a, <laughs> <laughs> yes, a committee, like the it's committee like, that killed Firefly. Yes. I went to one quick story just off that real quick. Yeah. yeah. Remind me uh, years ago. There was a gentleman that um, used to be part of my church and he had some issues and um, he was talking to a buddy of mine and he goes, hey, do you think I'm the Antichrist? Is it possible that I could be the Antichrist? My buddy looked at him and goes, you know, All the Bible tells us that we're going to like the Antichrist, that people will like the Antichrist. And I don't particularly care for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, he said oh, wow. he'll deceive most, not everybody. So, yeah, and with God, wow. all things are possible. So, hey, <laughs> oh, I'm rooting gosh. for you, buddy. <laughs> You know that you're not the Antichrist, but anyway, right. you want to take <laughs> anyway. <laughs> let's get in. speaking of things we don't like, like the Antichrist. Uh, what didn't we like about this episode? Uh, let's start with uh, Paul. What didn't you like so much about this episode? Hearts of Gold. I hate to say it, and some people have said it before, and I've tried to avoid it. Mm. But the graphics on this, the, the land speeder at the beginning yeah. where he's like hovering. <laughs> looks so fake no no this is decades not just years but decades after star wars episode one a new hope where they had a land speeder that looks legitimately like they did a good good job of like showing it through the desert this did not i know they tried to do the same thing but uh, the effects in it i know it's a tv versus a movie but you've had decades to improve on this or at least match it and it just takes it oh so frustrating and the and the uh what I said before, the what it was it the the not the auto focusing laser gun did not auto auto focus. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> the auto targeting, auto targeting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Dallas, how about you? What did you not like about this? Um, I didn't want to say the graphics because I said it last time I was on here. Yeah. Uh, because that they were it's TV graphics that just don't carry over. So it's low hanging say, fruit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what, uh, something I did not enjoy was, um, and, and, cause it's a sticking point for me was the, the treatment of the ladies. I know that they were prostitutes, uh, mm-hmm. but my dude, Oh, just in general, the females yeah, in general on this the planet, females in yeah. general. And then like, yeah. especially the scene where, um, he, he's forcing himself on the, the one young lady, uh, who had betrayed everybody. Like I, I, I have a very small limit for that kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. like, I was like, all right, let's get this scene over, please, because it's yeah, we it's do not need to go me. this far. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was me. Yeah. I mean, I, did you feel like that helped make him 
seem even more despicable like oh, already you like want to get i didn't need it, that but yeah, yeah it did it, it added to the disgust of well the and guy. the whole town it makes you not yeah. even like support any any of the the people that are on I, there i was it, like just to burn the yeah. whole town down just i was down. about to say i it made me feel that mal's plan of just leaving the planet which should, should have been a better plan <laughs> oh yeah huh? that's a good point <laughs> fair point fair point uh for me i I've always been torn and I, I guess you could kind of see, I kind of see your point, Paul, about how it's, it's very real, this conflict between Inara and, and Mal, but that he sleeps with, I forget her name because again, I forgot to watch this episode, but the main, the main lady of the Heart of Gold, the, the head of it, how her and Mal have sort of a, a flirtation that leads to them sleeping together. And then Inara is sad about it. I'm like, well, you had your chance, Inara. Yeah. So that's all. waited too long. Yeah, and I get that that it's more complicated waited than that. Waited too long, and now you're in the friend zone. <laughs> <laughs> I've yeah, been yeah, there before. That, <laughs> uh, so that's that's the thing that has always sort of prickled my ire, pricked my ire, got my go. Where the phrases, uh, John? Your gears. Yeah. Do you have what's something you don't like about Firefly in general? The concept. Like, why did you get bored? Because if everybody is Han Solo, then nobody is Han Solo. Wait, there's only one Han Solo. No, wait, no. wait, wait, wait. That's like saying because if everybody's special, then nobody's special. No, everybody's special in their own way. Everybody no. can be Han Solo. No, not everybody's special, sir. Well, I disagree with that. No, you're welcome to disagree. We had this conversation already yes. once. Rewind <laughs> if you want to, folks. It would be a <laughs> retro rewind. But anyway. Ah, uh, uh, uh. We'll time step it for you. Oh my gosh. Probably won't. Anyway, uh, so based on watching this episode, if you did or remembered watching it, would you continue watching uh, the rest of the series, which is only one more episode, but would you continue watching the rest of the series? Uh, Dallas, how about you? It, all right. So just for understanding, like if I got to this point, or is it this no, is the this only is episode? The only I've seen. This is that the you've only seen. episode. No, you haven't seen the movie. Yeah. You haven't seen any other episodes. It would, just it would be hard for walk. me. I'd have to see if this is. I'd have to ask somebody if, if this was how the entire series was. Yes, uh, it's all about of, going planet to planet, rescuing horrors. <laughs> like it really bothered me. Um, so that I, I, would be a hard like. Mm, I don't know. We'll see what happens here. And, I'm not a big Western person already, and this felt this felt more Western than some of the previous episodes I've seen. That's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so um, it's one of those things. Like, eh, I mean, dude had a, a a laser from the Dollar Tree, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it did look pretty uh, plasticky, junky. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It literally right. said check battery. I was like, oh my God. I thought cell. that was funny. Cheesy. <laughs> it was like a cop out, but yeah. And and by the way, folks who are offended that we're referring to the, these people as whores, that's because that's they refer to themselves that way in this right. episode yeah, yeah. several times and made a point to do that. So I wasn't offended, but thank you. No, but if any listener is. Fair. Uh then for for me. That's tough. I mean, I like the Western stuff, so I probably would just because I, I enjoy that motif. Uh, but uh, the John, rescuing of prostitutes, I am at what motif? The Western motif. Paul. Oh, the space cowboy motif. Okay. Yes. John, it sounds like you probably wouldn't just because you got bored of the series. Not only on. wouldn't I, I didn't. Ah. <laughs> All right. Good point there. And well, that we could agree on. <laughs> oh, my gosh. 
that well, you didn't. So according to the Retro Rewind podcast, we would, I, I don't know, would we agree to watch? I guess not. I would. So we're we're at a uh, to keep watching. Tie. I'd have to yeah. have a conversation with somebody and then explain. We'll say to me, keep watching. Like, okay, you we'll... got you got one more episode. Just keep it up. <laughs> but uh, for me, for John, for Dallas, and for Paul, we bid you all. Space bugs fight.